Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater, or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the Australian horror film, Talk to Me. Initially came out in 2022. I think it hit the States last year, 2023. At least that's when I first heard about it. This is directed by Danny Philippou and Michael Philippou, written by Danny Philippou and Bill Hinsman. This stars Sophie Wilde, among many other great actors in this movie. When a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Uh, this was a movie I heard good things about when it was in theaters. It, I was looking forward to seeing this uh, when it finally came out on some streaming service, but it, because it was one of the movies uh, that was potentially on one of my best movies of the year, uh, just based on things I had heard, it sounded like something that I might really like, um, I decided to not wait for it to hit a streaming service, but actually just rent it on VOD, uh, and it was a great movie. It was great. Uh, not sure if it will necessarily make my top five of the year, of last year, but a great horror movie nonetheless. A movie I knew very little about, uh, aside from kind of the, not even the basic premise. Like, I kind of had an idea a little bit here and there. Just a horror movie, there's a hand involved. That's I didn't even know it was an Australian movie. When this movie opened up and I heard the accents, I'm like, oh, this is this is great. Um, but I, I do love every aspect of this film. You know, I felt like it was a new idea with unique characters, which is something, you know, I think is desperately needed in film today. Uh, you know, and if you're a fan of horror movies, I would say it's a must see, you know, might be the first Australian horror movie that I've seen. Uh, there's also an aspect to this movie that kind of reminds me of Insidious. Um, not that if you're a fan of Insidious, you'll also like this, but if you're a fan of Insidious, you might like this. Uh, but it's a great movie if you haven't seen it. It's As far as a horror movie, it, it does interesting things and in a way that feels new and fresh. And that's something I am desperate for when it comes to movies. I'm desperate for something that feels new and fresh and uh, original. Let's take a quick break from the show. Listeners, are you ready to take your experience with the Ray Taylor Show to the next level? Dive into the Inspired Disorder Plus for just $5 a month. You unlock a world of premium content that's sure to satisfy your every entertainment and artistic craving. Imagine enjoying The Ray Taylor Show a full week completely ad-free in both audio and video formats. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Get exclusive access to live painting archives, be the first to lay eyes on new releases from the many faces, and enjoy members-only discounts and deals that'll have you coming back for more. 
with a treasure trove that includes a podcast back catalog of 14 unique shows and over 600 episodes, personal insights through Ray Taylor's own blog, and creative writing to spark your imagination, and an interactive Ask Me Anything section. Inspired Disorder Plus is a feast for the curious mind. Ready to elevate your entertainment game? Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become a member of an exclusive club. Dive in, indulge, and inspire your senses. Now let's get back to the show. But in general, this is a great horror movie. You know, you have the supernatural horror movies. For me, you know, it's... Uh, I like... I like a lot of supernatural horror movies... As long as they're not focused on the whole Christian religions or Catholic religions that exist in a lot of horror movies as well, right? I'm sure if this was made in the U.S., it probably would have had some religious tie-in, as many horror movies do. Uh, and like I've said before, I've mentioned this many times about my dislike of uh religion christian religion in horror movies um and my comparison is that like i mean in Christ christians in general who like try to make you scared that like you're gonna go to hell or you know the devil is somehow controlling me and that's why i'm not into their i don't buy their bullshit uh but for me how i explain is like if i don't believe in the harry potter books as real life right and i just view the harry potter books as they are as works of fiction because i don't believe in them and i don't believe in harry potter as a real person doesn't mean that i believe in voldemort or i follow or worship voldemort <laughs> and same goes for the bible which in my opinion is an absolute work of fiction anybody that says anything else has either never read the book or isn't paying too much attention to the realities of that cult but in my opinion it's a work of fiction so when movies have the devil or demons and portraying them as real uh and priests and things are the powerful people that are going to protect us from the evil demons i really couldn't care less those are movies like the possession movies i just like they're not scary like i'm not like I can understand those horror movies working for people who believe in the Christian religion, right? Because that's in the wheelhouse of things that they would believe in, uh, and it would be very scary. Uh, I'm sure many of them are scared to even watch the movie at, for fear of the devil getting into them. Um, but for me, I couldn't care less. Those are my least favorite horror movies. Uh, and maybe if I didn't grow up uh, being active in a church while also being bombarded throughout my life living in America uh, with that same religion in all of its flavors, whether it's your standard Christian, all the different flavors of Christianity or even the little spinoffs and offshoots like, you know, uh, the Mormons and the, you know, the seven day Adventists and the just the Catholics. Like, all these different versions of this reboot of a, a religion um, just constantly being bombarded, having people, like, spout scripture to my face in person, having people come to my door, banging on my door, 
insisting that they tell me about this fictional book that they worship? If I didn't grow up in this bullshit, then maybe I would enjoy those movies a little bit more because they wouldn't be as annoying to deal with the reality of Christians and all of their their culty bullshit. Whereas the supernatural elements in this aren't based on the work of Christian fiction, which I appreciate, which is similar to Insidious in that way. And one of the reasons why I love Insidious, I don't mind supernatural stuff as long as it's not through the lens of like, I also have to like buy into the Christian Bible as being legit. Like, I don't, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I'm here for. Uh, and in this movie, similar to Insidious, right, it creates an interesting world with rules, you know, similarities between those two films. Uh, and I also love the hand is uh, basically in this movie, the hand, that, that disembodied hand is similar to like a party drug in many ways as we see it being used in these parties and actually reminded me of people who would smoke salvia back in the day i think dmt may have taken over for the whole salvia thing but when i was in my 20s uh people smoking salvia was a, a thing not everybody did it because it fucked you up but it's a plant that you know you could get it was legal you can get it at head shops uh, I don't know if it's still around. You could grow it. Like, it's a plant that isn't wasn't illegal, which is one of the reasons why you did it. I never personally tried it, but I had a girlfriend who did it at a party with me. It wasn't really a party. It was a, we were hanging out with random people we met at an art fair. Uh, we went over to their house, and she decided to smoke some salvia. And I was like, okay, I'll, I mean, I was driving anyway. Um but hearing her talk about the effects and just other people watching other people smoke it and, and hearing the effects it looks and seems similar in some ways to this possession that happened with this hand uh, where it doesn't last long, right? You have a limited time and uh, same thing with the hand. You know, you can only interact with the hand for a limited time and then you can't go too far. Now, Salvia kind of doesn't need to run a timer it's just it's a it's a it's a short run drug um and it can mess you up on it like bad things can happen while you're out you're out of your you don't have control over your body when you're on salvia and in my opinion people aren't necessarily walking around but you know they could f fall and slam their heads into shit uh and, you know, there's a similar scare, a worry that happens when you're playing around with this this uh, this hand that, uh, you know, gets you in touch with ghosts. Of course, different effect uh, to the users than the drug, but, uh, you know, kind of similar in some ways. Which the, you know, the hand in this one has a similar effect to what happened in Insidious. Um Outside of the whole supernatural stuff in this movie, the characters in this film are very interesting. Our lead is almost like living at her friend's house, uh, not wanting to go home. Wasn't sure like when this movie started. I was like, is this like a foster house? Is she just one of the foster kids at this house? Um, but, you know, we find out that, no, she just stays with her friend a lot. She doesn't like going home. Um, 
and she feels like part of the family until a really bad thing happens and then the, that dynamic changes which hit me really hard because i grew up spending a, most of my time with my friend and his family like i was you know summer vacations would spend with him and his family uh, or other friends and family like i was not home for most of my childhood uh, whether it was on the weekends or summer vacation, I was not at home. Uh, and that's a lot of that is because my mom was out doing her own thing. I was the only child raised by my mom. And, uh, you know, she didn't want to bother. She wanted to, she never had a problem living her own life while also having a kid. Uh, she was able to get rid of me very effortlessly. So I spent a lot of time at other friends' families. Uh, and despite feeling like I was part of their families, uh, it was clear later on that delusion wore off, that facade wore off, where I was effortlessly, in some ways, cast out from mis misinformation. When I was kicked out, uh, my mom, of course, told a little fairy tale, which, of course, everybody believed. These people that never really knew my mom, never spent any real time with my mom, spent most, like, a decade of my life knowing me, but instantly believed whatever my mom said and uh, instantly became on my own. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not part of their family. Oh, it's like, it is so clear, the the delineation between me and then my friend, who is actually a part of the family. Like, there is a massive difference. Uh, so that feeling of a family that is so temporary and fake, uh, like, that hit when when that moment happens in this movie. And it's so crushing when you realize that your friend's family isn't your family and will never be your family. You're never going... They're never going to care about you in the same way they care about their own kids. Never. At least in my experience. So I sympathize with the lead character in that film, in this film, for that reason. Despite the fact that the event that separated them in this film was absolutely brutal and not anywhere near what my situation was. But it's a similar thing where it's like, oh, it's so easy for them to just turn their back on you because you're not theirs. They, they care. They, you know. People like to say things and be nice and be sweet, but when the rubber hits the road, you see what really what's real. There's also kind of a great, I don't know if I want to call it a twist or at least a reveal of kind of a new rule that happens in the third act of this film that kind of changes things and ultimately sets up for future films. I thought it was pretty great. Let's take a short break from this episode. Listeners, if you're an art lover like I am or simply somebody who appreciates unique creativity, I've got something you'll adore. Dive into the world of The Many Faces, an ongoing series of mesmerizing ink paintings on paper painted by me. Each piece is a captivating blend of abstract and surreal, always presenting a face that tells its own story. The dedication behind this series is unmatched with new paintings being released every single day. And if you're thinking about owning one, you're in luck. You can start with a 4x6 painting for just $20. And if you desire something grander, there are larger sizes with prices to match. 
Imagine having an original piece of art infused with emotion and mystery gracing your space. So if you're intrigued, don't wait. Check out the entire collection and get your own at InspiredDisorder.com. Own a piece of creativity that truly stands out. Now let's get back to the show. But I do want to get to spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, you know, pause, go watch the movie if you don't mind listening to spoilers. Then stick around because that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be talking about spoilers. Um, You have this movie, the cold open of this movie. You have this brother going into a party to find his brother um, who's been having problems. We don't know what the problems are. And he finds his brother. His brother tells him to get out. Right. Or he's trying to bring his brother out to take him home. Right. So he can get some help or whatever. And like everybody at this party has their cell phones out because they want to see. Now, we also know later on, we see what brought him to that point. We see that filming the reactions of people who have done this thing with this hand uh, is very entertaining for them. So them having their cameras out is like, ooh, what are we going to see? And him telling like telling them all this, you know, stop recording, stop recording. And then his brother comes into frame out of nowhere, was not expecting this, and stabs him in the fa- stabs him, his brother, and then stabs himself in the face. I was like, oh, here we go. Like it's kind of a great cold open for this movie. Um, and then also, what made me think of when he stabs himself in the face. Like, how often, like, movies and TV shows like The Walking Dead have really made it seem simple to just stab somebody through their skull. (laughs) Like, the bone in somebody, the bone that is somebody's head, their skull, in movies and TV show seem to be so easily penetrated by a knife. Where I I would imagine it's far, unless you get in, like, an eye socket or something like that, uh, you know, it's... I think it'd be pretty tough to get a knife blade through bone. But, you know, little side note of what I've noticed in movies and a trope that I've noticed. Um, and then you have, you have this uh, moment of, so you have this girl, our main character, and uh, she picks up the boy of the family that she's, staying with and it cuts to them singing this song in their car which is just you have this like great moment of them singing in this car right clearly there's a bond between this young i don't know she's like a a babysitter at some point but you know they have their black singing this song and then cuts to a kangaroo that's been hit in the road which is one of the aspects of this movie I love, the fact that it's set in Australia, is that instead of what would have been a dog or a deer if this was filmed in the U.S., to see an injured kangaroo on the... You never I mean, you never see that. But of course, I mean, deer and kangaroos, I think they're actually related. They just evolved differently in on Australia than they did in the U.S. Uh, to jump. But, I mean, if you look at their faces... I, they, pretty similar um but a very drastic change in mood to go from like singing this song to like oh there's this this animal writhing in the street because it's been hit 
I also love that, love that we get rules right up front, right? You have, because they want to do this thing, right? They see on social media, everybody having fun, using this hand, being, you know, teleported into what's supernatural, whatever, whatever happens. And the rules where it's like you light the candle to open the door, you blow the candle out to close the door. Great. Love it. Set it up right away. Uh, you say a thing, you know, to to see the ghost and then you say another thing to be possessed by the ghost. Um, it becomes like this party game, it, which is crazy. And then you have a great scene where the mom of this house, which just seems like the cool mom at the cool house where all the kids want to hang out, not a foster mom, but, you know, uh, her trying to find out if the kids are going to a party is absolutely great. Like just trying to trick them into telling her. Uh, and then her going to her daughter who's hanging out with this dude and telling the dude that her vagina is off limits. Uh, it's just hilarious mom. The mom in this is absolutely hilarious and does a great job at trying to figure out. And, of course, they're all lying to her, <laughs> which is a great moment uh, because as soon as she leaves, you see that, like, the people show up with the hand. I mean, it's not a big party. It's a small gathering of the friends that were already at the house in addition to these two people bringing the hand. So it's not a big party like we saw at other parties. Uh, and then you have this montage of everybody being possessed, having fun with this thing, right? And for me, I keep waiting for this young kid to do it. And I know that when he does it, something bad's going to happen, right? Because you're seeing everybody else do it. They're all having fun, but they're all older, and he's just kind of sitting there waiting. And, of course, he convinces this friend to let him do it. Right? His sister leaves. She's like, no, you're not going to do it. And he's able to break down his sister's friend. It's like, okay, we'll do it, but we'll do it for a short amount of time. And what happens when he does it is that he channels her mom, which is the only thing I could think of that would make her want to forego the rules the time limit which is what she does like what are you talking about like okay we got to go longer we got to go longer so her desire to be connected to her mom again which who knows how real that was is forcing her to remove her own rules about what this kid should be experiencing and there's like a cutoff for even the older kids where if you go too far it can mess you up, which is what happened to the guy in the beginning of the movie. And he goes too far and was not expecting at all for this kid to start slamming his head on the like a table. Like hard slamming. Followed by him trying to dig out his own eye. It was like brutal. It was brutal. And, of course, her dad, she goes home, and her dad, the first thing he asks is, is along with the mom of her friend, is, like, what did you give him? Like, they both instantly assume that this girl gave this boy drugs, and that's what happened. And she's the one that did it. 
and not trusting when she says that she didn't do anything. Like, neither of them do it. They both have the same assumptions. Um, I mean, she did allow him to shake the hand of the thing, but it wasn't drugs. <laughs> you know, she did, in some ways, allow him to do this thing, that she's, and she's the one that let it go longer than it should have. But they act like she is the one that literally slammed his head or tore out his eye. It's just so sad to see how instantly she's demonized by all of the adults in the situation. It is not anybody else's fault. It is not the sister of the boy who slammed his head and tried to... It's not her fault. It's not the other people's fault who brought the hand. It rests on her shoulders. And also her living situation is strange, right? She's staying with her friend's family. She's not staying at home. And she starts seeing, she starts hallucinating and seeing her mom now, right? Having nightmares that are intense. Not sure if it's, uh, I'm not sure if it's implying that her mom committed suicide or not. Like, I'm not sure exactly what that whole thing, how her mom died. Then to find out that it's like she's having dreams within dreams, which is always great. (laughs) You know, just thinking they wake up and it's like, oh, no, you didn't. Uh, which is horrible when that happens in real life, too. I've had some dreams within dreams, which is just, come on, I don't need this in my life. Um, and just the confusion, which I love what when it happens in movies, this, like, unable to discern what's real life and what's dream or what's visions, right? It's just a really great way to add a sense of tension and stress and confusion you see it a lot with like a descent into madness movies where people not sure what they're saying there's a bit of a descent into madness for this main character um you know i love when horror movies question what's real uh putting you like as the viewer making you question what you're seeing is in the real version of this movie or or if we're in some kind of hallucination um also the makeup effects in this movie are great not only the spirits that we see um or ghosts or whatever they are but also the kids when they are holding the hand and the makeup when they're possessed is interesting the makeup and effects of the kid who slammed his head in the thing afterwards when he's in the hospital absolutely brutal Right. Uh, So whether it's the kind of big effects like these creature designs or even the subtle effects of when the people are possessed, how how slightly different they look, uh, all of that stuff is great. Um, And then when she's in the hospital, you see this kid just continuing like he is broken, trying to bite her hand and then smashing his head more the back of his head into the, the tile wall. And like laughing, like <laughs> like a kind of like a Tyler Durden, where he's like leaking blood and laughing at you. So so tragic to see what happens to this kid, right? Possessed and then just massive brain damage. <laughs> like well, even if this kid survives, he's going to have massive brain damage. Not to mention, you know, limited to no eyesight, just ah, just absolutely brutal. Um, and then ending with him lapping up the blood while it goes down the drain 
in a very different way than somebody lapping up a substance as it goes down a drain in a movie I've seen recently, Saltburn. Very different vibes <laughs> to, to the lapping that's going up as, as fluids are going down a drain. Uh, the idea to use the hand in the hospital on the kid is bonkers. It is bonkers. And then when they find out this this new rule this new thing when they find out that the spirits can let you inside them just completely changes things and it gets even more scary as she like as this girl goes into the spirit and sees the boy being tortured it's just brutal and i love how it ends showing us the other side the further as it were you know, and showing that the other hand does exist. This, you know, this uh, thought to be other hand that exists, the other pair of the hand, the other hand that would make it a pair uh, existing. I love the, to set up for a new thing, very much like the the insidious. How she's, I mean, in this one, she's in the dark because she doesn't have a lantern, like they would have had an in insidious. Um, so when they see that, when she sees the candlelight. She's drawn to it because she's in the darkness and she sees a hand reach out. She grabs the hand and now she's the spirit. Um, great. Such a great ending. A little confusing about the new added rules and how those things work. Um, but I would love to see if this franchise continues, which horror, fr I mean, franchises in general seem to be the trend in everything. But horror movies have been doing it forever wanting franchises so i could see and this the popularity of this it's i mean greenlit for a, a franchise for a sequel so i would love if this continues i would love to see this franchise cross over with insidious they could easily do it whether it be subtle or overt i would love to see at least some references right i would love to see somebody walking in the distance with a lantern in the dark you know, I would love to see that. Um, and after finding out people can be sucked into the ghost world, you know, very much, very similar to the further. It would make sense, right? The rules do get a bit blurry about what's happening, how it's all happening. But I think maybe if I watch the movie again, the the rules of things. I mean, when they threw in the switch where you could be sucked the other way was like kind of a kind of a mind fuck and like what this isn't <laughs> this isn't the one way street we thought we were playing on uh but I do love that this was set in Australia an Australian film I love that our lead character is almost living at her friend's house I love all the makeup effects and the other creature design of the ghosts uh the brutality especially with the younger kid was painful to watch but great terrifying in the best way uh, the fact that the other hand does exist is a great uh, is great. Would be interested to see if there are other things that open up a portal to the ghost world instead of just these hands. Uh, maybe they can make new hands. Uh, you know, maybe somebody that survives one of these things, if you cut their hands off, that would uh, allow you to create a new portal. Who knows? Uh a great movie. I'm glad I watched it, and I'm thankful for everybody who tuned into this review uh, and watching the Ray Taylor show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on uh, Talk to Me. Uh, 
that's what it's called right talk to me <laughs> uh i always sometimes i forget the name of these movies and i don't have it in my notes necessarily because you know it's a a movie talk to me is what it's called um don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for nude movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder where all these episodes are available in video format. Until next time, enjoy the show. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.